Well, good morning, good morning. I guess I'll go ahead and get us started. It is Mother's Day. I'm sure that all of you want to eventually, after four or five hours of hearing me teach, want to go get some lunch and things like that. It'll be dinner by that time. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to hit this pretty, pretty fast. Um, I have a lot of stuff, but I, over the last, I guess, um, I, I guess it's been over the last few, um, about month or two, we've been talking on prayer. And prayer is, you know, a lot of times people, they pray. In fact, we actually taught on this. And if you want to, you can go back and listen to my teachings on the uh, podcast. But, you know, prayer is, is something that Jesus actually said that the Pharisees was getting wrong. You know, the Pharisees would go and stand out there on the corner and, and they would pray and everybody would stop and give alms. Basically, they would throw money at their feet. It'd be a little bit like having a guy up there playing guitar out there on the subway in New York City and he's out there jamming away and they would throw money. Well, that would be the way that the Pharisees would do it. They'd go stand on the side of the, of the street and they would say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless Israel and I'm going to pray and I'm going to make a big deal about things. And Jesus said, hey, that's hypocritical. That, that's not the way that you do prayer. In fact, it said that, the, it said that the, those that were sort of out there in the pagan world, they loved to speak with much language. Which meant that, hey, they just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked in their prayer. And, you know, Jesus was trying to paint a picture for them to show them that their prayer was more of a connection to who God was and to what we are supposed to pray for people. And he gives us the Lord's Prayer, right? And most people want to pray the Lord's Prayer verbatim, but it was an example the Lord's Prayer was something to give you an example of where you're supposed to be going in your prayer life. Well, then later on, we get a much greater understanding of prayer because we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we've been talking about for the last three weeks is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit helps to facilitate that prayer. I actually call it the, the cheat codes of prayer, if you will, because Essentially, when I don't know what to pray and I don't know how to pray, if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized with the evidence of speaking of other tongues, then I get the ability to let the Spirit pray for me. You know, that's a... When I got a hold of the Holy Ghost, started speaking in other tongues, it was a life changer. It changed me in a way that I never had seen. I mean, I would literally before... I could pray everything that anybody ever wanted to pray, I could do it in five minutes. I could pray for the people in China. I, I, could, I could hit every continent just about. But I was done with prayer because I'd used all the words that I knew how to use, but I never really got any substance out of it. So I'm just going to do a little bit of a, an overview because I know we have a few guests here. Um, this overview is what is prayer? So prayer is the actual word prosukamai. This word prosukamai is a compound word and literally it means near wish. 
You're sitting there going, dear wish, what in the world are you talking about, Dusty? Well, essentially, pros is the word that means near, at, or towards. That would be the idealism of me leaning towards you. Like if I was going to pray for my wife, Heather, beautiful mother, happy Mother's Day to everybody, by the way, people on listening to us on, on our podcast, but... You know, if I'm praying for Heather, I'm not just going, Lord, bless Heather. Bless her in every way. No, I am I'm pointing towards her with my, my mind, my will, and my emotions. I am, I'm pointing myself in her direction. And this ukamai is the word for wish. Now, I use the Webster's Dictionary version because I think it's very pertinent to this. The definition says, is an act of thinking about something that you want and hoping that you'll get it, or wishes are good thoughts or feelings directed towards a person. See, when I pray for someone, just like if I'm praying for Heather, it's almost a longing to see something in her life. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I just said a word that usually we just go over. The word see something. See, if I don't see something for her, if I don't see how she is going to prosper in God's word and in his promises, then I don't actually see an outcome. In fact, I may have the opposite. How many people have, have walked up and said, I really want you to pray for me and I want to tell you about all the bad stuff that's happened in detail. I mean, hey, I have people that want to pray with me about something and by the time I get to the end of the thing, I'm sitting there going, this is pretty bad. I don't know if you're ever going to get out of this. Because you just painted a picture in my mind. Now I'm having to go and say, okay, the word says... And let me try to paint it in myself so I can go paint it in you. You see, that's the power of prayer is not what I say, but what I see. And see, when I see something, when I have that ability to take God's word and his promises and I can paint that on the inside of you, then now we can believe together. If you see what I see about you, then we can agree. We're in total agreement. It's not just, hey, I don't know. Could you pray with me? I got news for you. I can be in complete agreement, but if you don't have it painted on the inside of you or you don't see it the way that you need to see it on the inside of you, you'll never get it. You'll never get it. Partly because if it ever came to you, the promise ever shows up, you go, that doesn't look like what I've been getting. I don't know if that's for me. How many people has watched the movie Dumb and Dumber? Okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm a 90s kid, right? So Dumb and Dumber, at the very end, you've got the two of those guys, and they're, they're standing at the, they're walking down. They had had everything taken from them. They went through this amazing thing, and they're like, you know, Lloyd, we're going to have something better. It's coming to us. And all of a sudden, this big bus comes up with all of the Hawaiian bikini team on it, right? And they come up and they open the door and they go, they go, hey guys, 
We're looking for two guys that can be oil people for us that can just lather us up in oil. And they're going, oh my gosh, that's a great job. You know what? You probably will find those people down, down the road in this next town because there's a lot more people. And so the, all the girls are going, what in the world are these guys doing? And, and the bus takes off and they go, you know what? We're going to get as lucky as those guys one day. Do you know that, that that's the problem that we have is most of the time we don't see that whatever good is coming to us is actually going to be for us. You know, there's a lot of good stuff that's happening to you, but your idealisms on the inside of you are, are just the bad things. I see the one out of five. There's five things that's happening to you. One is bad. That becomes the total focal point of your life. See, if we allow God's word to be painted on the inside of us, then we have a picture of what we are in him. That repaints our identity. It repaints who we are. It repaints basically all those bad things. If I've got that one thing, well, if I can really focus on the four, Man, I've got something. I've got something. You know what? I put down here, meditate until you illuminate. If you can't illuminate in your mind God's promise, you're never going to get it. It just won't happen for you. If it's healing, if it's, if it's uh, you know, uh, restoration in your family, in your relationships. You know what? There's been plenty of times where I've had problems in relationships and I only was able to see the bad. Well, they, every time they're around me, they're just rude to me. You know, they probably weren't any more rude to you than they were to everybody else. Because some people are just rude. You know what? That's fine. You have to understand that if I can see the good in people and I can see the good in the promise that is in me and that can be in them, then I can paint a picture and now... We can have a relationship together. It's agreement. If I agree with the promise and I paint that on the inside of me, then I agree with his word and his word will come to pass. So we're going to talk a little bit about diversity of gifts. And then I've got a, a surprise for you. It's going to be awesome because it was awesome for me. But I just want you to understand that, that we need to understand what the gifts are and we also need to understand how we use those gifts. What are the gifts that you can possess for yourself and for others? In fact, 1 Corinthians, I love 1 Corinthians because it, it's kind of like if Paul could have written a book that was, that was like going to college, like, you know, here's the bullet points of how you should just, how you should kind of live in a lot of ways. I mean, he was very matter-of-fact with them. He was talking to them in a way. And see, I, I went to college. I have an engineering degree. I, you know, I work for an engineering company. And so I love it when I find something in the Word that I'm not having to find all of the little things, right? I'm less philosophy and I'm more science. So if you can give me science, if you can, like, lay it out for me, I like it. And you know what? First Corinthians does that. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12 actually talks about what gifts are available to us. 
Then 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, hey, you can use these gifts, but if you don't have love, then you don't have anything because no one's going to listen to you. You become this tinkling symbol and a gong and people go, I don't want to deal with you. You may have something to give me, but you're such a, you know what? I'm not even going to talk to you. But then 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is, is where we're going to go and it talks about how we use those gifts with each other. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 through 11, it says, There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. Hmm. The gifts come from the Spirit. And God, the Lord, calls us to our ministry. Just something to think about here. Okay? Because I want you to understand that diversities basically means that there's separate. There's separate ideas here. There's different ways that we manifest these things. And it's in verse 6, and it says, and there's diversity of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. A word of wisdom is nothing more than I, I know something about how to help you along. Right? I, I, I can give you something that gives you a help. It means that I'm giving you wisdom by the Spirit. And it says here to another, the word of knowledge. That basically means, you know, have you ever heard of somebody say, you know, they read my mail? Have you ever heard that? Especially in the Pentecostal. If you've not been in the Pentecostal church, you know, it's like, oh, that person, they just read my mail. Well, you know, I, hey. You know what? If we got a mail carrier uh, for the spirit over here, you know, we got a physical mail carrier back here. So I look at it like this, that it's the same idealisms. I'm carrying something that you need to know about yourself. I, I see something that is in this situation. I see something about how you're living your life. Now, the Holy Spirit is the one that, that corrects. We don't correct. Okay? In fact, sometimes we get a word for someone or about someone so that we stay away from them. It's not to go and tell them, hey, I see this and I want you to know about it. Sometimes it's for us. So we have to understand when we go and do this edification. Like, I would never edify somebody with a, with a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge if I just knew for a fact they're not going to accept it. I mean, seriously, if you know somebody that is not going to accept anything from you, then I'm going to try to build a relationship with that person first before I actually, before I actually just go and, bam, I'm going to hit them with it. You know why? It's because... We're still human and we still have egos. But see, relationship, the love of God, and that's what 1 Corinthians 13 is trying to get us to, is say, look, how can I have love with people? More than just having gifts, because out of love comes the flowing of the gifts. All right, I don't know where I'm at. I guess verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to other the word of knowledge through, through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. 
to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another kinds of tongues, to another interpretations of tongues. But one and I'm sorry, but one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. This is a this is not a vocation, okay? I, you know, I, I believe that there's people who specifically work in these gifts because they have, that, that's kind of where they're at. But you know what? I've actually seen people that have worked in other gifts because that was what was needed at the time. Because the Spirit said, hey, this is what's needed. Because it's as He wills. It's not as we will. You know what? There's a, there's a problem that we have in the body of Christ. And the problem that we have in the body of Christ is that I believe that these things, these gifts are abundant. But I think they're rare. And the reason why they're rare is because we do not have those desires to use these gifts and to see these gifts. And so I'm going to read this first scripture here. And then I'm going to have, I'm going to have our guest come up. 1 Corinthians 14, if, you're, if you have your Bibles, verse 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. This word prophesy in the Greek just means to inspire. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, we have to have a desire in order to be able to use these gifts. Angela, would you come up here? Everybody give Angela a hand. Hey Amen. Just hey, tell tell them what you tell them how how it all went down and everything. You you can give them it all. I don't care. Okay. Hey everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I have allergies, so I sound kind of crazy. Um. Okay, so I've known Dusty since around like 2005, 2006, because his beautiful sister is one of my best friends in the whole world. So we've known each other, but we're not friends like me and Lindsay. And the reason why I say that is because over the last few months, I've been asking for this. I've been, God, please give me dreams. Please give me visions. I really just want to grow. Please trust me with your heart. You know, and last week, Friday night, I had a dream, but I didn't ask that night, just so you know. So I wasn't mentally prepared. I didn't ask that night for a dream or a vision, but I have been asking, and that night I did. And to be honest, it was kind of weird for me. You have to know that I'm just a normal person who struggles with the same thing everybody else does, and I get it wrong a lot. I repent a lot. (laughs) But I say that because... He gave me something that night that was for someone else, and I've never, I never feel worthy to receive a gift. So I just want to preface that. I always thought spiritual gifts were for, for like, like special people. I'm no more special than the next person. But that night, I had a dream that I was at a wedding, and it was at a beautiful outdoor reception hall, and there was a beautiful lake and all of the Cornelius family was there, and some of my family was there, and Dusty was getting married, not to Heather. Sorry. 
And so I was like, this is kind of crazy. But Dusty was just walk, going through the motions and doing whatever the Lord told him to do. And I felt that it was an arranged marriage. And I'm like, what is going on? So the next morning, I'm like, that was clearly the devil. This is an attack. Because I was set to help lead worship at our church on Sunday. So that day, I'm just like, I didn't even tell my husband. I was just like so shook. I just didn't want to talk about it. Well, so then that night when I went to bed, I was preparing my heart for worship the next morning and just leaning into the Holy Spirit, leaning into the Lord. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Angela, Dusty is, was marrying my bride because he's caring for my bride right now until my return. And I went, oh, that's who he's marrying. Oh. And I felt the Lord just kind of dropping me. He's being so obedient in all the things right now. And he's going through the steps. And in my mind, I thought, but he wasn't excited. Someone should be excited if they're getting married, you know, and that's how I was just trying to understand. And Immediately, I'm like, I'm going to have to tell Dusty, and I don't want to. <laughs> um, so I call Lindsay. I asked the Lord. Just so you know, I've, I felt very like, once the Holy Spirit, I felt, revealed that to me. Um, I really felt the weightiness of it. Like, that's, that's not just for me, but I want to be responsible with whatever the Lord gave me. So I asked the Lord, can I please talk to Lindsay about a verse? I don't even have his number. So I call Lindsay, and she's like, Angela, I'm going to send you his number. You have to tell Dusty. And the whole time I'm telling her about the dream, I keep hearing, it's like the Lord revealed more because I stepped out. He is so faithful. Dusty has been so faithful in what I've given him. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell him that. Who doesn't want to be told by the creator of the universe that you're faithful? Oh, my goodness. That would be, I could live off that for the rest of my life. If God just told me, I see you and I see how faithful you are, I would be a puddle. So finally, I got his number, and, I, and she's like, I'm just going to let him know that you're going to contact him. I'm like, okay, because it's pretty weird. <laughs> and so Monday, I contact him, and I, and I just preface it with, hey, you know what, Dusty, if I'm off, I just want you to know that's okay. Just throw it out. I've been asking God for dreams, and he just randomly gave me a dream about you. So here it is. And so I told him my dream. And immediately when I was telling Dusty, and I was having to really put on my brave girl pants that day, it's like the Lord was revealing even more, just his love. I just felt like all the love that the Lord has for Dusty and how faithful he's been and even the little and how God just keeps blessing him with more because he's just being obedient and he's being faithful in the things that the Lord's giving him. And the Lord just wants to be like, hey, buddy, but don't remember your first love, that I'm here for you, you, you know? And so... Anyway, it was just incredible, and I'm just so in awe about what God is doing in your life and this, and I'm just, you know, blessed my socks off to even be a part of anything, that the Lord would use me for anything, because like I said, I'm just, I'm just a person who desires to be used, and God will, God will use you if you just want to be used, I promise, and it may not look the way you want it to, <laughs> and it's going to require you to to be brave and to make yourself uncomfortable. But you know what I've learned in all the years of being a mom and of being mentored is he doesn't grow you because you're comfortable. 
you're going to be uncomfortable in the growing. And it's going to require you to step out in faith and to look foolish. And it's okay to look foolish. I'd rather look foolish for the Lord than look wise in the eyes of people who don't care about the Lord. So anyway, thank you. I want to, before you get off the stage, okay? (laughs) So, So this is the thing. You have to desire to want the gifts, but you also have to desire to want to receive from those gifts. And I am more than willing to receive. More than willing to receive. So it blessed my socks off (laughs) that you... Number one, it blessed my socks off that somebody that I hardly ever see that God gave them a vision or a dream about me. But I want to I want to flip something around in what you said a minute ago, okay? <laughs> this is this is where this is where I want to bless you. See, a lot of times we believe that we are unworthy to be able to do these things because we don't feel like that we're the the person that stands on stage or or that has some some great ministry or a gift. But I'm going to tell you what, you have the greater one that lives on the inside of Amen. you. Right. You know, you're one-third God on the inside of you. That means that, that there is nothing that can come against the love of God that's on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. You're going to do even greater things than what you've done so far. I believe it. I see it in you because of this one scripture here. You're pursuing love and desire. And so I just want to tell you that it just—it didn't just bless me that God wanted to talk to me. It blessed me that you were willing to step out. This is, this is rare, people. I'm just going to be honest with you. Us in the body of Christ, we do not talk to each other like this. And it, it hurts me because I see that there are things and gifts that are on the inside of each one of us. That if we don't give them to someone, then those gifts, they just never get opened. They never get received. And so I just wanted to tell you, I thank oh, you. Yeah, well, it was, a, thank it you. was an honor. <laughs> well, I appreciate, I appreciate you being willing and obedient. <laughs> but you know, I, I wanted you to know about that. Even though it was personal for me, I wanted you to know because the thing is, is I have been seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, I desire to know what you want me to do. As somebody that is a cybersecurity engineer by day and a pastor on Sundays, and I I spend a lot of time praying for you, do you know that it, it, I live in two worlds, so sometimes Dusty just feels like maybe this was, God, was this really you? You know, excitement comes when you're like, hey, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what? Sometimes I have to stir myself up just like everybody else does. I sit on the side of the bed every single morning and go, uh, just like everybody else. I don't float up off the bed and go, the Lord has my, has my back today. No, that's not the way that anybody lives their life. If you had went and found every prophet 
Even Jesus woke up after walking all day and all night. Sometimes I bet he was sitting there going, wow, my legs hurt today. Do you know that, that we need each other to be able to edify the body? Your gifts are important. If your gifts weren't important, then God would just stop all of this and just say, hey, let's go take this party to heaven. But no, he wants us to live for each other. In fact, I'm going to continue here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, I want you to understand something. You want these mysteries. You want the, the outcome of the tongue. I want you to understand, if, if, if tongues was the only thing that we did, I could, and then it would, be, it would be one thing. But see, what we have to understand is that our spiritual lives together is I don't know what's going on in your life. I have no clue. I mean, I'm sure Angela, as much as everybody in the world thinks about me, okay, I know everybody walks around in the world. I mean, I'm sure Christian and Angela every day go, you know, I, was, I just think about Dusty all the time. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure my wife doesn't even do that. <laughs> but see, the thing is, is that there was a mystery that was revealed to someone who I know, but that they're over here. They're living their life. There's no reason for Angela to ever think about Dusty unless we saw each other on the street. And we passed each other by and said, hey. In fact, the last time I saw her, I was at Cultivate over here. I'd went over there because uh, Pastor Brandon Matthews had asked me to come by because in October we were signing a lease on this building. And I'm coming walking out after going to one of the services. They prayed over me. Thank God that we've got churches in our community that are willing to lock arms with us and to be able to help us. I mean, if it wasn't for Cultivate, we wouldn't have gotten this building because Pastor Brandon and them, they actually stuck their neck out. Heck, we have a flooding issue that happens in the back. He calls me up every single time or sends me a text and says, hey, this is the kind of thing that causes the flooding issue. You know what? We need people that look after each other. You know, I walked out, I saw Angela and Christian, we talked. And they were like, yeah, we're going to come by. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I think y'all actually, y'all went to Disney World and you just, you know, sort of forgot that, you know, we were actually out here. I would too, by the way. If I, you know, back in the day we went to Disney World, I was like, hey, that's pretty awesome. But, you know, the thing is, is that that's what makes this so awesome. Is that the mystery, it's out there. You know, we just got to mind for it a little bit. And see, the Holy Spirit is helping us to be able to see these mysteries in our own lives and also for other people. In fact, prophecy, because it says, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort unto men. In verse 3. Do you know that, that when we have this edification, exhortation? Angela told me about this. Now, the first thing she said to me is, if this doesn't work out, if this is not what I'm telling you, 
is, is lining up with what is, is in your heart, just go ahead and throw it out. Which is a great way to start. But you know what, though? I found that in that edification, it wasn't, you know, the, the things about God saying that I'm faithful. That was, that was awesome, and, and I, I take those things. But you know, some of the things that the Lord's been showing me is that out of this, I'm marrying the body of Christ. That means he himself has given me permission to be able to take on his bride. I don't know about y'all, but that was what really hit me more than anything. It'd be like if Daddy came up and said, hey, Kaylee's about to get married here in a few months. And I remember Micah come and he was talking to me and Heather. And the first thing I told him was no. <laughs> but, but after a few minutes of making him squirm, I said, yes, yes, you can do it. It'll be fine. But, but you know, the thing is, is Daddy said, I'm giving my bride. You know, I want you guys to understand one thing about this is that, is that in your life, God wants you to marry some things. He wants you to get rid of and divorce some things too. But He is wanting you to connect in ways. And there's a mystery because you can't see it. And you don't know how it's going to connect together and you don't know what God's about to do. But you know what? you got to give him the opportunity to show you. You know, in my life, you know, I, in fact, this week, you know, there's plenty of times where I'll go have coffee with someone and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to them and I go, hey, guys, you know, or, or hey, girl, you know, whoever it is. And I say, you know, I really feel like the Lord is telling me that you're, that, and I don't want to give too much about this situation, but in this one situation, you know, I felt like that this person saw themselves differently than the way God saw them. And as I'm talking to this person, God started revealing to me who this person was in the Spirit. And I start just telling them that. I didn't say... Oh, praise the Lord. There's a little bit of heaven coming down. That was, I didn't do any of that. Maybe I should do that next time. That might, you know. But then, but then you know, I, my, whole, my whole thought was, I just want to tell them without any fanfare, this is what God's, I feel like God's saying to you. And you know what? I've had people go, oh, thank you. But you know what? I, there are people that I know, especially this person, the moment I said it, they said, oh, it's been on the tip of my tongue, and you just said it. Have you ever had something that was on the tip of your tongue, and you didn't know exactly what that thing was? or, or I, It's right there. I, it's right there. I, I almost know what I'm supposed to know. I'm almost seeing what I'm supposed to see. And God has been going, hey, I'm trying to paint something on the inside of you. But then 
all of a sudden somebody comes along and illuminates you. They turn on the light. And you go, that's it. That's what it is. That's where it is. That's, that's who I am. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, I'll tell you one more story and then I'm going to move on. You know, Kaylee, she was going to, she's an esthetician. She now does RMA work for the, for the dermatology office down the, the road here. But she wanted to, to do skin care and she didn't know really what that thing was. And so Caleb and I, we were in this, um, we, I'd taken the youth group where we were at before down to the Hargis camp. We're there. I go and eat dinner. And I'm sitting at a table with a bunch of people from other churches, and all the leaders are kind of sitting there. And this lady just blurts out about what she did and about her daughter becoming an esthetician. And I was going, what is an esthetician? And so she told me, and the Lord said, listen up, this is important. Yes, Lord. I asked a thousand questions about what an esthetician was. And I went back to my daughter Kaylee, and she was what, 16, 17? And I go walking in, I said, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called an esthetician? She said, yeah, I've kind of heard about that. So we started looking it up. We started going and talking to people. The next thing you know is that we're, we're going and seeing things. The next thing you know is Kaylee said, that's what I am as an esthetician. Do you know that our gifts are what we need in order to propagate people maybe to the next level? You know, I needed some kicks in the rear, right? I mean, I had a guy when I was, you know, I had ADD and dyslexia. I didn't even graduate from high school. And I was trying to figure out where I was going to go. I started going over to, to Farstell Christian Fellowship at the time. Well, the youth pastor there was just walking. He was a pipe fitter at, at, at a SIPCO. He goes walking into the middle of, the, of this office area, and he sees a guy standing over there, and he says, I'm supposed to go talk to that guy. He goes and talks to the guy, and the guy tells him what he did. So the moment he told him what he did, guess what? He thought, I'm supposed to go tell Dusty about this. Now, I never talked to this guy, the youth pastor, about me wanting to be in the computer field the way that, that this guy was. But he just came to me, and it gave me the nudge to start writing a vision because I didn't know nothing. I knew less than nothing. And it gave me the opportunity to be able to start researching and pushing me into a different direction. Do you know that our gifts... There's sometimes a nudge for people. Don't discount the gifts. Don't discount what you tell people. If you're telling people stuff that's the opposite of the word of God, stop it. But if it is the promise of God, people need what you have. And God is leading you to sometimes get, you, get an answer to people. Now, are they going to be emboldened to you the rest of your life? Absolutely not. In fact, I'm not even expecting Angela to ever have another dream about me or another word for me. If she does, that's fine. But my, my whole point is, is that I'm not going around looking, can, can I get a word? Can I get a word from someone? No. Because God gives that gift as needed, when it is needed. 1 Corinthians 
4, 14.4, it says, He who speaks in tongues edifies, it builds themselves up. But he who prophesies edifies the church. See, this speaking in tongues, it edifies us, it builds us up above our solical realm. It builds us up beyond where we're at right this minute. Sometimes when I'm praying in the Spirit, I don't know what to pray. And by the way, because I, you know, I have the squirrel. Squirrel? Well, if I have squirrel moments, praying in the Holy Ghost keeps my squirrel moments from happening. Because who's praying for me? The Holy Spirit is praying for me. I'm not trying to think up words and trying to figure out how to make this thing work. I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost and he is praying mysteries unto God. So it builds us up. But see, prophecy, oh, that's another really awesome one. Because prophecy, it actually, having that word of knowledge, having that word of wisdom for someone, just like Angela having it for me, that created an opportunity for me to be able to say, okay, Dusty, this is real. I knew it was real. It was already in my heart, but it was just another nudge that kicked me in the rear to say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I am where I'm at, and I am where I'm needing to be. So I'll just give you a couple things about prophecy right quick. You know, Jude 1.20 says, But you, you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So praying in the Holy Spirit actually gives you the opportunity to build up those faith, those things that, that was unseen. I'm just giving myself the opportunity to have that, that, that oh, my tongue just tied, have that mystery be exalted, built up inside of me. And then when it's time, it just comes at me. Ezekiel 37 4, because a lot of people think prophecy is, I'm going to tell you about the future. I'm going to tell you about the future. You know that prophecy, even in the Old Testament, meant to speak by inspiration. You remember Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones? He said, Prophesy unto these bones, O, o Son of Man. He said, Call the sinew. See, the Word of God said there's going to be sinew, there's going to be muscle, there's going to be, there's going to be flesh on these bones. So all he did was he said by inspiration what the Word of God said. He gave authority to the Word. So when he said, hey, dry bones, come to life, that was when the Spirit met the physical. See, that's what I want you to understand is that is that prophecy is not, I'm foretelling your future. By the way, I've been to prophetic services and I've also been to pathetic services. Okay? I've been to prophetic services where people are, are telling you, hey, and, and usually it's not like, hey, let's get a line up here and there's a prophet and he's going to be doing this. That's usually the pathetic service that I've been to. We had a friend of ours, we went to one of these services and by the time this person has been telling people things about themselves for a long time, they got to my buddy, and if you knew who Michael England is, which everybody on the front row does, he's crazy. I mean, really crazy. So maybe there was something to it. I don't know. But they called him the woolly bull of the woods. And I was like, 
Huh? And in fact, Michael was like, I don't know what that guy was talking about. But do you know that that's not the way prophecy is supposed to work? Prophecy is an inspiration of the Word of God for you by His gifts. So this is not something that I'm telling people, hey, go try to foretell people's future. Don't do that. That is not what prophecy is. Prophecy is flowing in these gifts to be able to have that desire to be able to put into yourself and into others. Oh, by the way, I had it here. It was like, what do you see? Paint that what do you see on the inside of you. By the way, I don't know what in the world just happened. To my I, This thing was sort of put together uh, here. But um, anyway, 1 Corinthians um, 14, I think it's uh, 13 through 17. It says here, you know, when praying in tongues, you edify God's understanding in your life. And I put down here, I, I love blazing saddles. It was authentic frontier gibberish. Do you know that most people, if you've prayed in a tongue, you've been around people who have, you're like, hey, that, what is that? doesn't make any sense to us. So that's why verse 13 here in 1 Corinthians 14 is important. It says, let them therefore speak in tongues, praying that they may interpret. For I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit and I also pray with understanding. I want you to understand this. Interpretation of tongues isn't always prophecy. Okay? Now, I've gotten a lot of things in my life where I was praying about something and praying about something and I was praying in tongues and I'm riding down the road and later on I'm just praying in tongues and all of a sudden it just hits me. And I'm like, wow, what is it? And it was an answer to a technical question. You know, when God gives you an answer to a technical question, you go, wow, that was pretty amazing. Especially with things that I've never even seen before. Do you know that, that speaking in tongues, it is just the vehicle to get to understanding? I'm going to say that again because I think most people are like, huh, what was that? No, praying in tongues is just the vehicle to get to the understanding. If you're just praying in tongues to pray in tongues, then it's not going to be fruitful for you. That's one of the reasons why it says here in verse 15, it says, I will pray in the Spirit and I also pray with understanding. Because understanding will come if you are desiring to see that. I will sing in the Spirit, I'll also sing with understanding. Verse 16 says, otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how we, he who occupies the place of the unformed say amen at your giving of thanks. So basically what it's saying is when somebody's un, uninformed about what tongues is, they're just sitting around going, I mean, if I, if I started speaking in tongues right now, you guys wouldn't be like edified by that. You'd be edified by the understanding. That's why it is important for us to understand like congregational things. That's a special thing that we're needing to understand. It's not just, hey, we're just going to get up here and we'll speak in gibberish and people are going to understand it. No, there is going to be interpretation that needs to happen. 
But guess what? In our own lives, when I speak in tongues, I'm not just speaking in tongues. I'm looking for the understanding and the interpretation. I never just speak in tongues just to speak in tongues. Because that would be unfruitful for even me. Tongues is just a vehicle to be able to get the understanding to. And it says, it says here in verse 17, For you indeed give thanks well, but to others it is not edified. You know what? If I can't build somebody up, then I need to keep it to myself. Because that's it's usually the problem that I've seen in the Pentecostal churches especially, is the fact that sometimes they're so zealous that that everybody just kind of gets on board and they kind of understand. Well, they really don't understand, but what they do is they get on board and they go, oh, that was the Spirit. He jumped on me. No, I'm the one that speaks in tongues. I'm the one that has that interaction. God doesn't jump on anybody and make us speak in tongues. Amen? See, this is a relationship that I'm trying to get to you guys, that tongues, interpretation of tongues, that flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, all of these things happen because of relationship with God. This is not weirdness that you're just trying to weed through. God is giving you this gift. He's giving you the interpretation of tongues because it's something to edify you and it's also to edify others. So always get understanding. Praying in tongues helps you to see God's promises over your circumstances. I'm going to end right there. You know, one of the things that I want you to understand is that if you can't see beyond your circumstance, then you've got to continue to repaint this picture. Now, we've been talking about prayer and the baptism of the Holy Spirit for probably the last seven or eight weeks. And I've given plenty of opportunity. So I'm planting seeds now. I'm planting seeds of desire. That's what I would like to see more than anything in each and every single one of us is that we want to be like Angela and we want to say, I want to desire these gifts more. I want to see things happen. I want to be that edification for someone else. I don't want to just live my life and not have God do something through me. That is not how I want to live my life. And I don't want you to also be in that same boat. We need to desire to see God do some awesome things in our life. We've got a desire to want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've got to desire to want to be used for other people. And I thought it was awesome what Angela said. We have to desire to do something even though we might get rejected. I've been rejected plenty of times in my life by the body of Christ. Not just, I mean, hey, I found that most unbelievers are a little bit more open than even people in the body of Christ. But see, if we get past our ego and say, I don't need nothing from you. I'm waiting on God. Well, you know what? God said, I gave gifts unto men and I gave ministries unto men. 
for the edification of the body. Not just to, not just to, I'm just waiting on God. God's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to have a desire. And as I'm closing this out, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. I just want you to understand that God wants more and more for you. He's reaching out to you today and saying, I want to bless your socks off. I want to give you more and more of who I am. And I want you to desire to have more and more of me. And I pray in Jesus' name that that is being imprinted on the inside of you. That it's being illuminated so that you say, ah, this is something that is just taking off in my mind. It's taking off in my body. And then I'm allowing the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me to just just initiate more and more of Him in this earth. I'm going to pray over us and I'm going to dismiss us. If you have anything that you want prayer for, I'll be here after the service to pray for you. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over each and every person that's in here. I pray, dear Lord, that their desire, that the seeds that are being planted in the heart, that they're just growing into fruit. I thank you, dear Lord, that it's not just fruit for them, but it's fruit for others. That you're edifying the body of Christ to the point to where we're going to see revival in the land. I thank you, Father, that we are going to take another step as the body of Christ. We're going to take a step as this church. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you're just giving them opportunities to be able to pray with people, to be able to share the gospel, to be able to pray healing, to be able to to talk to people and to see visions and dreams, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that you are just completely and totally turning our minds over to the, the idealisms that we can be used of God in very special ways because we have these gifts that are available to us by the Holy Spirit when they're needing to be used. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.